Great. So Isaiah chapter 40, starting at verse 12. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and marked off the heavens with a span, enclosed the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance? Who has measured the spirits of the Lord or what man shows him his counsel? Whom did he consult and who made him understand? Who taught him the path of justice and taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are like a drop in a bucket and are counted as the dust on the scales. Behold, he takes up the coastlands like fine dust. Lebanon would not suffice for fuel, nor are its beasts enough for a burnt offering. All the nations are as nothing before him. They are counted by him as less than nothing and emptiness. To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness compare with him? An idol, a craftsman crafts it, and a goldsmith overlays it with gold and casts for it silver chains. He who is too impoverished for an offering chooses wood that will not rot. He seeks out a skillful craftsman to set up an idol that will not move. Do you not know? Did you not hear? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in, who brings princes to nothing and makes the rulers of the earth as emptiness. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth, when he blows on them and they wither, and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me, that I should be like him, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name, by the greatness of his might, and because he is strong in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And I thank so much uh, for reading the passage. Back in 2012, I was on a mission trip to Thailand and supporting a local church over there. And in the, uh, in the church in Thailand, on the wall, there were pictures of different Bible stories. So you had Jonah and the whale, you had Jesus feeding the 5,000. And then something really surprising happened. You see, it just so happened around that time, there were a group of students coming from the UK. They were doing charity work in the area, and they also visited the church. And then they were asked, uh, do you guys recognize any of those Bible stories? And all you got were blank looks on their faces. And so it was a really surprising sight. Uh, the Thais, who are the Christians who could speak English, they were explaining the Bible stories uh, to these English students. But maybe it's not so surprising. You see, there is a rapid decline of Christianity in this country. But God is fast becoming irrelevant. I'm sure you tried asking a colleague to the lunchtime Bible talk, and I'm sure you've been rejected before. 
Uh, people are apathetic, they're indifferent about who God is. You see, that is a problem. You know, if we hear last week, uh, we said that in the face of uncertainty, where do we find comfort? We find comfort in God. But evidently, uh, there is a decline um, in, in concerns about God. Um, is he too weak? Is he uninterested to do anything in this country, in your office, with your colleagues? And so we ask the question, can he really offer the comfort he promises? And, you know, you go back to your office and you see who looks really strong, uh, who has control over your future, uh, the person of influence, the partner, the senior manager, the one who knows the right individuals. But God, on the other hand, when you step into your office, needs to be kept at home. And so is God. Is he strong enough? But maybe the problem is even deeper than that. Not only do we wonder if God is strong enough, but we ask the question, does he even care? Does God care? I'm sure, like me, you've had this experience that you go through a really challenging situation at work or in life. And then what do you do? You, you pray, and then you ask God for help, and then you pray again, and then you pray again, and there's no change, and nothing happens. You see, more than whether God is able to help, the question is, does he even want to help? Does he even care? And so when it feels that he doesn't care, we look elsewhere for comfort. And that is the big issue on our table today. There are lots of stuff on the table today, but the big issue on the table today is this question, is God really God enough? The Godness of God. Is he God enough? Is he strong enough? Does he care enough? Is God really God enough? You know, again, in my study, as I'm preparing for this passages, I'm really surprised to see how relevant the Old Testament is. You know, some bits, they seem really strange and difficult. You have funny names going on. But what is constant is that the people who are listening to these words, they are real people with real problems, like all of us. And so as we understand their concerns and their struggles, well, we can start to see the relevance to us. And again, if you were here last week, you would remember the situation the Israelites were in, in the distance, exile, the great onslaught of Babylon was coming. And the thing to know about ancient um, Near East uh, superpowers uh, is to know that each nation had its own deity. Uh, if you were from Assyria, you would worship the god of Asher. I think I pronounced that wrong, rightly. Asher, probably not Asher. Uh, if you were from Babylon, you would have worshipped the god of Marduk. Um, each god, nation, worshipping their own god. And the correlation kind of works like this. If your nation is strong, that means your god is strong. But Israel is small, and Israel's god, Yahweh, looks weak. And so how can God promise comfort? But again, the issue is deeper than that, you see. Israel, they are called God's people. Uh, they are his people. But where is Israel heading? They are going into exile. They are going to be cast away. Does God care for them? Does he care? Does he have the heart for them? And do you see this is the question. Is God really God enough? Is he strong enough? Does he care enough? Does he care about you and me? And it's into that question that Isaiah says, yes, yes, God, he is God enough. 
In fact, he's strong enough. He cares enough. Well, there's a lot to take in today. Uh, so strap yourself in and let's see what God is saying to us today. If you're following the handout, we are on our first point. God is incomparable. Look to verse 12 of our passage today. Verse 12. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Who has marked off the heavens with a span and closed the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance? You see what Isaiah is saying. He is the Lord of creation. How much water can you hold in the hollow of your hand? I'm not doing a really good job. Uh, not very much, it seems, uh, to God. That is the Atlantic, the Pacific, the Indian Ocean. Um, how wide is the span of your hand? Eight, nine inches, perhaps? To God, he measures out the heavens with the span of his hands. How much do you think this bit of dust, uh, my kitchen scales is over here, don't tell my wife. How much do you think some dust weighs on the kitchen scales? It doesn't even shift the scales. But to God, that is the Alps, the Pyrenees, the Dolomites. Look at verse 12 again. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hands and marked off the heavens with a span and closed the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance, weighing the mountains on his kitchen scales. But it's more. Look at verse 13. Who has measured the spirit of the Lord? Or what man shows him his counsel? Whom did he consult? Who made him understand? Who taught him the path of justice and taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? Did God require any help when he was creating the world? Did he consult KPF or Prophet for any design advice? Did he get Rothsay to manage his pensions? Did he get PwC for his IT services? Oh no, he was and is the independent, uncreated creator. God, he stands alone. God, you see, he's compared, uh, he's incomparable. But then Israel asks, well, what about the nations, the superpower nations? Uh, remember, the stronger the nations are, the stronger the idols look. Uh, here is my, my idol. Uh, I came yesterday to my post. Um, it's quite small. I'm sorry, I bought the cheapest one on Amazon. I came through this packet here. It cost me about three pounds, 60 pence or something. Um, look at verse 18. To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness compare with him? An idol? A craftsman casts it, and a goldsmith overlays it with gold, and casts it for silver chains. He who is too impoverished for an offering chooses wood that will not rot. He seeks out a skillful craftsman to set up an idol that will not move. To whom will you liken God? To whom will you liken God? Do you see the point that Isaiah is saying? God, he is the incomparable, independent creator of creation. And if that hasn't blown your mind yet, uh, there's more to take in. There's even more. Not only is he the Lord of creation, he is the Lord over creation. I notice he speaks about those in charge, the rulers, the kings, the politicians, the senior partners, the senior managers in the office. Look at verse 22. It is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in, who brings princes to nothing, 
who makes the rulers of the earth emptiness. Did you notice progression of what he's saying? The inhabitants like grasshoppers, but down to verse 23, princes to nothing. Are the rulers of the earth, rulers of the earth as emptiness, and grasshoppers to nothing, to emptiness. And so God, he, he says to us, to whom will you compare me? Verse 25. To whom then will you compare me, that I should be like him? says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on, on high and see who created these, he who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name, by the greatness of his might, because he is strong and power, not one is missing. To whom will you compare me, says the Lord? To whom will you compare me? I who made the stars or the idol that was made. So again, that's a lot to take in uh, for a lunchtime, but all the points that, all the things that Isaiah is saying is really landing on this single point that God, he is incomparable. Uh, he is the independent, uncreated creator of creation. He's the Lord over creation. When you hand out, uh, you will see a box and in the box is all of creation. The question is, where will you place God? Where will you write him? In the box. And the thing, the right place to put him uh, is above the box because he is outside creation. He is over creation. He is independent. He stands alone. And the problem with us is that we do not understand how big God is. We think that he is in the box alongside all the other gods in this world. Lots of options Eastern religions, you have Buddhism, Hinduism. Hinduism, uh, throw in Islam as well. You have Western religions like humanism, secularism, uh, sex, money, and power, all thrown into the mix. And God is just one of the other options on the checkbox. No, he stands outside creation. He is independent. He stands alone. Or maybe we think that God is like a needy boyfriend or a girlfriend, and that you know, he needs our company. Or if we don't worship him, he would cease to exist. No. God, he is independent. He stands alone. He is outside creation. But so that leads us to our second problem. You see, he might be the strong, mighty, all-powerful God. But does he care? Does he care about little me? Does he know my problems, my struggles and pains? Or am I too messy for him? Does he care? And that leads us to the second point, a God who cares. Look to verse 27. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord. My right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. You notice what Isaiah is saying here. Previously, Isaiah was described as the beginning. Now, um, Isaiah is describing God as the end. Uh, he is the everlasting God to the ends of the earth and time. And so he knows the end from the beginning. But that's the question. How does that prove that God cares? Of course it does. Think about it. If God knows how history will play out, can he ever be 
surprised? Did God know that Israel would sin? Of course. Does God know that tomorrow you will sin? Of course he knows. You see, when he comes and says, you are forgiven, you are cleansed, or you can have comfort, it's not conditional. It's not contingent on your performance because he cannot be taken by surprise. He cannot be fooled. That is not to say that he's not angry at sin, but he's not angry like us. You see, we are humans. We don't know the future. We react instinctively to something that happens. Something happens, we get angry. But that is not God. He's not taken by surprise. He's not fooled. But can you imagine a God who did not know the future? He will be like an idol, uh, my Amazon idol over here, who will need constant appeasing. Or he will be like a trigger-happy manager. And one day who's really happy, the next day who is not. There's no assurance, no security, no comfort. God is different. He knows the end from the beginning. He's the everlasting God. And so he promises to the weak strength. Look at verse 29. He gives power to the faint. To him who has no might, he increases strength. Idolatry, the corporate will, favors the strong, the mighty. It is they that are exalted. By God, he gives power to the faint. He who has no might. Of course he cares. Of course he cares. And again, you see, we don't understand how big God really is. We think God, he reacts to our choices and our action is as if our sin can take him by surprise. And we think, of course, he cannot offer comfort and forgiveness. I'm just too messy inside. But you notice what's inside the box. It's not just creation, but time. All of time is inside the box. The Lord, he stands outside over time. He knows the end from the beginning, and yet he still cares. Verse 27 again. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not faint or go weary, his understanding is unsearchable. And so we started with the question, is God, is he really God enough? Is he strong enough? Does he care enough? Isaiah says, yes, more than enough. He is much bigger than we think. And the problem with humanity, we can't think our way to God. Um, he is outside the box. He's the uncreated creator. And maybe the question I asked you to talk about was a bit cheeky at the start. I like to think of God as blank. In one sense, you can't, you can't answer that question. You cannot think your way to God unless he reveals himself to us. And so the question for you to think about as you head back to your office is this, do you know God as he reveals himself? Or have you created him from your own imagination? You see, if it's the latter, God will always be smaller than who God is. The problem with the nation of Israel was they did not know God. What did I see? They see the nations around them, the gods of Babylon and Assyria. But they forgot who God is. Pagan gods who represent the sun, the moon, the trees, 
and the sea. They forgot that God, Yahweh, is on a completely different level. He's the uncreated creator. Maybe today uh, you might not call yourself a Christian and you perhaps might have chosen to reject God. And that's fine. It's really up to you. But my question is, have you rejected the God of the Bible? Or is he the creation of your own hands? No different from my little idol over there. And if you are going to reject God, think again. You may have rejected and misunderstood God. For Christians, there are many things that bring us uh, discouragement. Again, in this country, the, um, the relevance of God is fast, fast going, gone. Uh, lots of apathy in the office. Uh, people don't care. People are indifferent. And you have an in the sort of personal sense that God doesn't care. The question is, do you have the right understanding of God? Is he big enough? Is he inside the box? Or is he outside? When he says that the nations will be, will be won, do you doubt? When he says that there will be comfort, do you doubt? When he says that there will be full forgiveness, do you doubt? You see, God, he holds the waters in the hollow of his hand. He measures the mountains on his kitchen scales, and he knows the end from the beginning. So don't doubt. He's the incomparable God, and he's also the caring God. Big claims uh, for this week, uh, lots to think about, and good stuff to kind of chat around your tables. Uh, but perhaps you might be thinking, well, can God really prove some of these statements? Very big claims. Well, next week, uh, we go to court. Uh, we see God versus the idols, and we stand in the stands and watch this cosmic uh, court battle being played out. For that, you need to come back next week. Why don't I pray? Go up, go on up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news, and say to the cities of Judah, Behold, behold your God. Our Father, forgive us when we have tried to put you in a box where we had too small a view of you. Father, we pray that we might be those who not create you in our own hands, or our own imagination, but might we receive and hear who you for who you are. And please, will you give us real comfort and assurance knowing that you are God. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh,